بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه So time is short now there's not long remaining before iftar before maghrib <coughs> So we'll just finish off what some of us started last night in the Q&A there were some questions that were outstanding one of those was regarding the property somebody asked about yesterday if you have a house and you have that house on rent so then what's the zakat that is due on it we said if your house is on rent then the zakat is only due upon the rental income that you get from the property not on the value of the property but then the question was what if that rental property is vacant currently there is no tenant in there so you have no rental income coming from it in that case how is zakat worked out on that one so as sheikh bin baz rahimahullah ta'ala said in that case there is no zakat <clears throat> if you have no tenant in the house and that house is for the purpose of letting that house you have there for the purpose of renting out you have no intention of selling the property it is there to rent out when you have a tenant in there and you're getting income from the rent you pay the zakat on that rent you're getting when there is no tenant in there you're looking for a tenant to come into it it's vacant at the moment then there is no zakat on the value of the property in that case no zakat until a tenant comes in then however the other situation is if you have the house <coughs> and you intend to sell it you intend to sell the property you're not looking for a tenant you plan to sell the house in that case the zakat is due on the value of the property then the zakat is due on the value of the property because now the property you plan to sell it you are attempting to sell it it's on the market for sale so in that case even though it's sat there empty you are selling it now and you expect inshallah to gain the money from that sale so now you give the zakat on the value of the property because it's different to the other situation in the other situation you don't plan to sell the house at all you're just waiting to find a tenant it's empty at the moment no rental income so there's no zakat but in the situation where you plan to sell that property now it is an asset a business asset you're trying to sell so there is zakat on the value of it that is similar to the other question that was outstanding regarding the cars the person who sells cars so he has assets in the form of those cars so then it was the question of whether the zakat has to be given on the value of the cars the market value of those assets that he holds or the amount that he paid for them because a trader somebody selling cars is obviously gonna get them cheap but their market value what they're worth what he's gonna gain for them will be more 
So do you give the zakat on what you paid for those assets or their market value? It would appear from the statement of a Sheikh bin Baz ta'ala that your zakat is paid upon their value. What their average market value is, what you typically expect to sell and gain from them, that average value is what you sell, what you uh, do the zakat upon. Because otherwise as well, let's imagine a trader picks up a car for a thousand pounds from an auction or something or a broken car and he fixes it or some part and it's worth now five thousand as the actual value. Then you wouldn't give zakat on only the thousand you paid. It would be upon the rough average market value of those assets that you hold. They were the two outstanding questions from last night. We have barely five minutes. If there's anything else anybody else wants to ask, any questions on Ramadan, any issues, we can do so. Go on. Interest, if somebody else, whether it's property or whatever, if you have a relative who engages in interest, they take interest. So what is your relationship to their wealth? They want to give you gifts. They want to invite you to their house for dinner. They want to buy you a car. What is your take and your stance on these things coming from that person who you know engages in taking interest or other haram? Some of the scholars have mentioned like Sheikh Rabia and others, in that type of scenario, you weigh up what is going on with that individual. If the majority of his income is haram, the majority of his income is from the interest or the other haram activities, then you step aside from his invites and you step aside from his gifts and you step aside from that individual's giving to you. When you know that the majority of what he has is haram and only the minority is halal, then you should refuse his gifts and refuse what he gives. But if it's the case that there is a portion of his wealth that is haram, but a portion that is halal, and the haram portion does not outweigh the halal portion, then it's acceptable to take those gifts if it was your family member, your father, your other relative, so you weigh up what is going on with their wealth if the majority and basically all of it is coming from haram then you step aside from it but if it's not like that there's a portion that is haram but the other which is halal then it's still acceptable to take those from them the gifts and what it may be anything else this one i'm sure people can help us out here who are the categories of people that the zakat can be given to? The poor, the miskin and the faqir. And what defines, because that is going to be typically mostly where it goes for most people, what defines a miskin or a faqir? And there is a difference between the two as well. But overall, what is a person who is poor? How do you class somebody as poor so you can have zakat money? Doesn't have enough food for a month. What do you say? Something like that. Something like that. 
Anybody else? What defines what a poor person is? They say somebody who doesn't have enough to suffice himself. Whether it be over a month or a year, some of them say. So in the example of the year in the books of fiqh, they say, very simply, a person, his absolute bottom line income is 10,000 pounds for the year. That's everything put together, 10,000 a year is what he gets. He takes into consideration now, you do your balance sheet for the six kids he's got and the rent on his house and all the other bits and bobs. His outgoing every year is coming in at much more than 10,000 a year. So every year he's falling into more and more debt. That person in the books of fiqh, they say, is a needy person. He does not have enough to give sufficiency to himself. He doesn't have enough to suffice the food for his kids and his family. He may have some. Doesn't mean they have absolutely nothing. He may have some food, have some income, have something. But it's not enough to suffice the minimal basic level, as they call it in this country, the breadline. They don't have enough to feed themselves, enough to suffice themselves. Then that type of person will be considered poor. But the poor and the needy are one category. What are the others then? A traveler? You're going to go on a journey, you can take zakat money? The zakat money, not fasting, zakat money. We're talking about zakat money now. Who can take the zakat money? Huh? Where is the answer anyway? In the Quran, in Surah At-Tawbah. If you look in the Quran, right now the lecture has been all about the Quran. So what you can do, we still have some nightly reminders to come for those who are resident here. What you can do is go and check Surah At-Tawbah. And your homework is to bring us back the categories of people. And I'm sure most people are aware. Bring back the categories of the people who are due the zakat, who are allowed to take the zakat. In the Quran, Surah At-Tawbah, there's an easy starter. Anything else? Oh, I see. Okay. Can you give it to your brother, your sister, your relatives? If it is somebody whom you are not responsible to spend upon anyway, then it can be. It can be done. But if it is somebody you are responsible for anyway, then you should be spending upon them anyway. Not that you should say, okay, now the zakat, I'll give it to you. For example, your wife or your others who you are responsible to spend upon anyway. Then in that case, you spend upon them anyway. Regardless of the zakat, it's obligatory upon you to spend upon them. But those whom it's not obligatory upon you to spend upon them as a default, other relatives or family members, then it is permissible to give the zakat to them if they fit the categories. How much time we have left? A minute or two, I think. Is that it? In that case, we should stop. Anybody wants to make wudu, wants to prepare, etc. We'll round off the evening on that. And those who are resident here, we have the, the nightly gatherings continuing anyway as well, inshallah ta'ala. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Inna alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'uhiru. 
ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد Perhaps what we can mention tonight is what we left off on with the questions and answers just a while ago. And we were talking about the categories of zakat and which people are deserving of the zakat. Your homework, as we mentioned, is to go and find out those eight categories. But let's discuss one of them that was mentioned but it needed clarification. And the one that was mentioned by the brother was a traveler. But when and how and under what circumstances and what is the definition of a traveler that is allowed to be given the zakat then? Because otherwise there's quite a few travelers here tonight. Are they going to take some of the zakat money away with them or what's going on? How do you determine this issue of traveling or as it's often mentioned in English, the wayfarer? It's not just a traveler how we think of the word traveler. It isn't just a traveler how we think of the word traveler. When we speak about fasting as I was mentioning... When somebody is traveling, then they're allowed to miss fasting. That is the normal traveler, what we think of. Somebody leaves their city, they go to the other city, they go down to London, they go somewhere else, they've traveled for the day, they've traveled for the week. A traveler, normal traveler. But is that kind of person eligible for zakat? Not at all. That is not the traveler that is intended by zakat. By zakat, when it says Ibn Sabil, Ibn Sabil, which if you're going to be literal about it, means the son of the pathway. And that is a phrase in Arabic which indicates the one who is accompanying the roads, a traveler. But specifically, the zakat is for a wayfarer, shall we say, to avoid the confusion between the normal traveler as we think of. The wayfarer who is on a journey and loses all of his provisions or all of his provisions they run out. So he's not able to get back to continue and to reach the destination of his journey. That person now can be given zakat so that he can continue his journey and get back to where he's going or to the destination he needs to get to. Even if he's not a poor person. How could that be? For example, somebody is traveling somewhere, a wayfarer going to a particular place. He has wealth, he has money. But on this particular journey, for whatever circumstance, all of his money, his provisions, he's got nothing on him completely all gone what he had. He has wealth when he gets back home in his bank account there or whatever, he's got money. 
right now on this journey wherever he is he finds himself stranded as we say and he doesn't have the ability to carry on so that type of person you're allowed to give him money of zakat so he can carry on and get to where he is going even if he's got money when he gets there you don't say to him well you've got money when you get there so we'll lend you money it's allowed to give him zakat money in that circumstance that is that specific type of circumstance when a person is eligible for zakat due to a traveling circumstance not that a person is going from bradford to somewhere he says i need money to buy the train ticket you can't give him money for that that's why they say a traveler who is eligible for zakat is not eligible from his hometown a traveler the ibn sabil who is eligible for zakat is not eligible from his hometown so now if somebody says from bradford i need to get to london but the train ticket i don't have one i need to get one can i take the zakat money to buy a ticket to get there because i need to get there you can't give him money like that he isn't eligible for zakat he is not on his journey he is not a wayfarer who has cut off his means in the middle of his journey he's here at home yet so you cannot he is not classed in this classification of a wayfarer a wayfarer somebody who's on a journey from some other place in the middle of his lengthy journey he loses all his provisions runs out of all his provisions he's stranded so now you can help that person with the zakat so he can get back and continue in his destination that's the difference so imagine now somebody comes to you here from bradford from the residence of bradford and he says to you i have an operation <coughs> in a hospital in london important operation life or death i have to get to this operation but i don't have money to buy the ticket for the train to get there so can you give me from the zakat money as the traveler the wayfarer for me to get to london what are you gonna say he said life or death operation so in terms of the wayfarer rule then no but he would uh, be eligible from a different angle he would be eligible due to poverty a person who's that ill life or death operation he needs to get to it but he has no money to get the transport to get to his operation in that hospital he classifies as somebody poor then you can give him the money from the angle of poverty to get to his operation but not from the angle of him being a wayfarer so when you think about the category of travelers you can't just say travelers because then anybody could be classed as a traveler how we talk about it when we talk about fasting and the traveler allowed to miss fasting here the traveler for the zakat is the wayfarer on his journey the one upon the traveling and his means they run out they are cut off and so he's stranded you're able to give him zakat money to continue and to get to his destination that is all maybe we'll mention on that tonight unless there's any other question or anything anybody wants to add
these homeless people on the streets, is it allowed to give them money? Homeless people, you see them sometimes sitting around town and on the high streets and various places. Just homeless people, not, not the buskers, those people playing their musical instruments and they got their thing, they're professionals. That's a, a job. But the, the homeless people sitting there, just with their sign, homeless and things like that, can you give them money or not? They, as they are, without much doubt, from the apparent of what is seen, are classified as poor. They are classified as masakin and fuqara, from apparent what is known, because otherwise we know sometimes even they are professionals. But from apparently what is known, they are fuqara. But these people on the streets, what is also known, regrettably, in their state, is that many of them, and not all, we're not saying everyone, but there is a problem which exists and is known, that the homeless, many of them, are addicted to drugs, they are addicted to alcohol, they are addicted to smoking cigarettes, etc. So what would be better if you come across these homeless people rather than giving them money of which they may use a small portion to buy food but the rest of it probably likely possibly will go on alcohol or maybe drugs or cigarettes or those types of things then it's better a homeless person who asks you you can help them say to them i'll buy you food i'll go to the shop right here now i'll buy you some food what do you want buy them some food and give it to them better than giving them money money that they may use on drugs and alcohol and all sorts of things a homeless person asks you help them aid them say to them i'll bring you some food i'll buy you some food and that could even be a means of da'wah to them rather than the 5p or the 2p or the few coppers that other people throw them you tell them i'll go buy you a meal food give them food what are they going to do with that they're going to eat the food nothing else they can do with the food so you buy them food if you want do something like that for them and that could be a means of da'wah and it occurred to us the other day in a place and some homeless people came to us outside of the class asking for money and we said we'll buy you some food and the reaction of them was of utter shock and amazement a few times they had to repeat you're gonna buy us the meal you're gonna buy us food a few times we said yes we'll buy you the food we'll buy you the meal and then we gave them some da'wah they gave them some leaflets etc give them the food that is better than just throwing some money at them a silver volkswagen van and a honda accord 05 plate oh. so in that case maybe that is better rather than just giving money anything else Zakat is given to the Muslims. Can it be given to a non-Muslim? It can be given to a non-Muslim for the purpose of da'wah, bringing his heart close. That is mentioned also. Even if that person was rich. Because the purpose there isn't because of his poverty. It's because of da'wah, bringing his heart close. So wealth and what he's got is irrelevant in that case. Anything else?
Mm. Somebody who gets... Oh. First question there about somebody who has a monthly salary. We know that the zakat is due on your money once you've had it for a year. The year goes past on that money, then the zakat is due on it. So now, right now, somebody wants to give their zakat and they're on their monthly wage that they get. So technically, the monthly wage of the last 11 months doesn't have zakat due on it yet because one year hasn't passed on it so if you think about it in the english dates easier may right now their wages from last year ramadan was a little bit later let's say from july from july 2018 the monthly wages they got up until now one year hasn't passed on them yet the wage they got last july that monthly wage there's still a month to go before a year goes on that one so then what do you do? Do you exclude the last 11 months and give it on what you had 12 months ago where the last wage which has had 12 months gone by on it? Everybody understand why that would happen? But that doesn't happen. So it doesn't really matter if you don't fully understand. As Shaykh Al-Uthaymeen said, in that instance, you don't have to start working out where your monthly packages came, where the full year has passed. In a monthly wage, you simply look at what you have right now and you just give the zakat on the amount you have right now. Next year, you look at what you have right there and then everything and give the zakat on it. Even including the package, the, the wage salary you got just in the last month or two months ago, everything you've got there and then, just give you a 2.5% on it. Next year, everything there and then, 2.5% on it. You don't have to start working out, but my package, my uh, salaries that came in from July, they haven't got 12 months gone on them because if you start doing that, it means you're going to be giving zakat every month because every month, that month has had 12 months go on it now. So you don't do that kind of thing. Shaykh Uthameen said once a year, whatever you've got there now, your packages, your salary, just give it once a year on what's there in your account, what you have in your possession, the wealth that you have. The second one was about the gold. What do you do with the gold? The women who have gold and the gold has reached <coughs> the, uh, the nisab, the amount, 85 grams of uh, gold. If it's 24 karat gold, this year it works out roughly, check the exact figures, but roughly 2,700 pounds. 24 karat gold at 85 grams that is the nisab so if a woman has 85 grams of gold then the zakat is due upon it the zakat will then be due upon it but imagine now this woman doesn't actually have money she doesn't have any money her husband takes care of everything she has no personal money cash account anything just this gold that she owns worth five thousand pounds for example so how is she gonna give zakat zakat is due on her it's her gold there are several options one is that the husband can just give the zakat on her behalf that gold that she's got work it out how much is it altogether how many grams the price of it 2.5 percent work it out the husband can just give that amount 
because she doesn't have physical cash or accounts or anything husband can just pay her share of that gold the zakat due on it if the husband cannot for whatever reason and she needs to do it herself or maybe there is no husband or whatever the circumstance may be that she needs to do it herself but she has no cash no account no nothing just this gold of five thousand then in that case she has to give a portion of that gold maybe from that five thousand pounds worth of gold the amount that is due the 2.5 percent amount is covered by one earring out of that selection so she gives that one earring which covers the 2.5 percent when you work out the figures and the weights and the prices if she can't even do that because it happens to be a big block then those blocks you're gonna have to go take them to a jeweler get the some alternative smaller blocks or, or sell off some sections to get the relevant amount to pay the zakat so the woman is either going to take a section of the gold out which covers the 2.5 percent a small earring or bracelet or something or she's going to go and sell some piece to the uh, uh, jewelers and get the amount and then from that take the cash out which is due for the 2.5 percent then there was the last issue there as well that she wears that is a difference of opinion amongst the scholars if a woman has gold that is her personal gold that she uses and wears she uses it and wears it here and there on occasions whatever she wears that gold and uses it is zakat even due upon that type of gold gold that a woman is using she's utilizing it it's part of her jewelry she wears is zakat due on it or not it's a difference of opinion amongst the scholars whether zakat is due upon gold that the women are using and utilizing so that is something you can go and research into and look at the articles and then decide where you appear uh, where the stronger opinion appears to be uh, what the majority of the scholars seem to say these days uh, from the the saudi scholars the permanent committee is that you pay it if she's using it even that gold zakat is due upon it that is the opinion of the permanent committee etc if you're tired and you slept whilst praying so in prostration and you fell asleep so you're standing up and you fell asleep you mean somebody standing up in prayer and he falls asleep standing up start snoring and everything so sleep does sleep break your wudu is it a nullifier of wudu like when you break wind breaks your wudu does sleeping break your wudu or not yeah very simply in a nutshell if it is light sleep i.e you still have some degree of sense in your senses when you're in light sleep you're really tired and you're doing this and that and your head is nodding but you can still hear the noises around you and you still have a perception of things going on even though you're completely going you have a perception of things going on and it can be like somebody's calling your name 
and you're in this half kind of state and you know your name is being called but you cannot do anything you're semi semi but you have some perception of what's going on that is light sleep light sleep does not break your wudu there is a hadith when the companions they were waiting for the isha prayer and it's sunnah to delay the isha prayer if it is capable if if the people are capable of doing it so on one occasion the prophet sallallahu delayed the isha prayer the companions were there waiting and the companions they used to work on their farms and physical labor and all types of things all day by the time it got to isha they were tired and they were waiting for the prayer until it mentions in the hadith their heads started to bob down their heads were falling falling down from sleep but then just waking up again just nodding off like this to the extent it mentions some of them were their heads were falling and you know how your breathing becomes a bit heavier when you're asleep, like almost snoring type of breathing. That some of them, they became like that even. But as soon as the Prophet came, then they stood and they prayed and they didn't have to make wudu. Because that is classed as light sleep. If you go into deep sleep where you're gone, no perception, no senses, you are asleep gone. That breaks your wudu. So this uh, case of standing up, Standing up the fuqaha, they say that would never class as deep sleep anyway. Many of the fuqaha say deep sleep can only occur when your body is in a position that it's stable in. Standing up, your body is not in a stable position. The minute you fall into deep sleep, let's imagine you did, you'd collapse straight away. Your body would not maintain itself. So that would not be classed as deep sleep and it would not break your wudu. Property you own for what reason? If you've got a property, it's not your home, just another secondary property which you put on rent. If you've got tenants in there right now, then the only zakat you have to give is the income from that rent. So you're getting 5,000 a year, your zakat is on that money, you're getting that rental income, 2.5% on that, not on the value of the house if it's there for rental purposes yeah if you're selling it you got another house spare just sitting there and you're trying to sell it you got it on your right move and zupla you're trying to sell it in that case you got to pay the uh, value the zakat on the value of the property in that case so for rental even if it's empty you're trying to find a tenant then there's no zakat when you find a tenant just on the income you get from their rent but on the other hand, if you've got a property, you want to sell it, then it's on the value of the property, the zakat. You mean you're selling the house and then? From the person who's bought the house of you? They're paying in installments. You're gonna have to explain it bit by bit. Hey, what's the way? You you've got a property. You've got a property there. There's a tenant in the property. He's a tenant, but he's paying rent, and at the end of the certain amount of years, 
all that rental income added up is the purchase price of the house he's taking it then so a person has bought the house of you and he's paid you let's say a hundred thousand pounds is the house he's paid you eighty thousand so far the final twenty thousand he's paying you via monthly installments which we're calling rent is that what it is you can explain go on yeah Go on, go on. No, I think I get the. I understand the situation now. You've paid half of the money on the property, and then you've put a tenant in there. He's giving you rent for it, and you're using that to pay off what's left of the property. Do you own the property already now? It's your name. Oh, I see. Uh, no, why didn't you just? Why didn't you say so? <laughs> that uh, the, these programs they have when you purchase, uh, uh, what do they call it? What's the name for it? Share, share. What do they call it? The share thing. Yeah, yeah, that thing, that thing. So you purchase half of it. You purchase. Oh, why didn't you say so? Huh? So you purchase <laughs> half of it, and then the rest of it you're paying rent until uh, then it's yours afterwards. That that's you yourself in there though, but not not a tenant. But you know the thing is, if it's your property and you've got a tenant in there, he's paying you and then you're paying off whatever you're paying off, but it's your property, then that classes as an, as an asset of yours. And what are you using that property for? What are you going to do with it? For selling or for, for, for renting? Because it makes a big difference. If it's for rental purposes, then it's just going to be on the rental income than just the rent they're giving you, just the rental income. But if your intention is they're giving this rental income, eventually you're going to sell the property as soon as they've paid it off, then it's on the value. If you're selling the property, it's on the value of it. If it's just rental purposes, on the rent of it. Money you have lent to somebody, we mentioned this yesterday. If you've given a, 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 some money to somebody, you've given 5,000 pounds to somebody and they owe you. If you have access to get that money back, then you have to give zakat on it, include it in your figures, even if you haven't got it back yet. Meaning the person says to you, I'm ready, I've got it, just let me know, I'll, I'll transfer it anytime you want. But you just haven't got around to it, he's here, he's there, busy, you haven't done it yet you got to put that figure into your zakat when you're sorting it out now. Because it's there and accessible to you anytime now, I'll give it to you. So in that case, it's included in the zakat figures. If it's not accessible, he can't pay you back yet and he's delaying it, so you don't have access to that money yet, then you don't include it in your figures. What about that person? Does he include that loan in his figures? Yeah. 
somebody's taken a 5,000 pound loan when he's working out his figures for zakat that year is he going to include this 5,000 pound loan which isn't his money it's a loan he's in debt but right now mashallah he's got 5 grand in his hand Scholars, they say, if you've taken a loan, let's say you've taken a loan of 10 grand. At the end of the day, right now, you've got 10 grand in your possession, accessible to you. It's yours for now. That's your cash. You've got, you're using it. They say you have to give zakat on it. That's your wealth. You have it right there, accessible to you. It's your money right now. Afterwards, when you pay it back, you're going to pay it back. But right now, You've got all that money, that five grand, ten grand. You might think, but how can a poor person do that? But a poor person, it wouldn't be to the level of nisab most likely anyway. When a poor person borrows money, he's gonna, not going to be borrowing up to the level of three, uh, two and a half thousand going past the nisab and things. But even if you do, then you borrowed a lot. And if you borrowed a lot, you, you are right now, as it stands, a wealthy person. A year still, normal rule, yeah. No, that's just gone. If you've used it, it's used. You're, that's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, let's say it's Ramadan, you do your zakat every year. In the Ramadan right now, you check all your assets, all, all your uh, basically accounts and everything. Whatever you've got in there right now, that's what you give zakat on. Anything you've spent in the year has gone. It's not there anymore. No, but that's what he was saying. You don't, you don't get into that. Shaykh Al-Thaymin said, the one figure there and that's it. Because if you get into that, you have to give zakat every month. Because every month, that 12-month salary has become a 12-month salary now. The next month, the previous month has become a 12-month salary. Like this month now, your last May of 218 has become zakat due. In June, the salary you got last June is zakat due. Every month, there'll be a zakat due salary. But this is the thing, Shaykh al said, that's why you can't really work it out on a month-month basis like that and start thinking back to a, a, a year ago, the salary you got then. He says, look, you just look at what you have every year when the year goes by and everybody typically, most people do it, Ramadan to Ramadan. So Ramadan, have a look at what you've got, how much money you've got, all your, your income, your, your savings, everything. You give your 2.5% on it. Next year, have a look what have you got now, 2.5% on it. That's all then. We'll round off on that tonight. And uh, inshallah ta'ala, I think that may be my final participation. There's a few days left, but uh, the voice has uh, retired already. <laughs> and I have uh, things to do from Thursday onwards myself. So inshallah ta'ala, I think uh, we'll see. But uh, there's going to be other reminders anyway going on uh, overnight. Classes will still be going on inshallah ta'ala. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.